0: You are listening to Music Matters, an ongoing journey of sonic discovery and sound wisdom fueled by passion
1: and driven by discussion. Music Matters brings to you a unique fly-on-the-wall glance into the voluminous and seductive world of music. Here are your hosts, Tim Bishop, Joe Randazzo and Dave Rayburn.
2: No, you know, and there was you know when i th- when i think when I think stop when when i when I, th- when I think of prince I think of my sister uh, there was a time when in our lives where she had the whole purple rain craze and everything was purple and purple this and purple that and she wanted to go see him um, and it was at the Long beach arena and she was just that age where she was just too young to go by herself so she got tickets for her and her friend on the condition that i my, with my parents that I would drive them and pick them up and um, I dro- dropped him off and got him in and I got just got, bo- I went to get something to eat and I think I went to a movie and I just got bored and I came back and I walked up to the arena and somebody walked out and you know, the door sort of stayed propped open and I was looking around, there was nobody there. So I just walked right in the door, and um, it was only like halfway through the set, and my sister had these really good floor seats, and the show was rocking, so everybody was standing on the seats, and I just walked up to my sister and tapped her on the fucking shoulder, and totally freaked her out, and we all stood up on the seats together, and I saw the whole last half of the show, and everybody (laughs) was standing up, and purple light, just amazing.
3: Wow, and oh, hey, um, by the way, um, welcome to season one, episode two of Music Matters HQ. Prince, my God, has anything happened since our last show? Yeah, this one ton of bricked me. It, it uh, you're taking a beating this year. Yeah, yeah I personally, yeah. I know this is not the year of you're Tim. All I could think of. I uh, thanks, I appreciate that. It, you know, not to take anything away from the other two that hit me really hard in the last couple of few years, but you know, Lou Reed and and David Bowie. I, 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 somehow we saw those coming. You know, we knew Lou wasn't well, right? And we could we had time to prepare, and we'd all heard the stories about Bowie. So some of that had to have rung true. So when it happened, not that it wasn't devastating, but there, I think, in the back of my mind, I had time to prepare for this. But I got a text. Dave, I think it was from you. And it just simply yeah. said Prince. And I, I nothing else. That's all it said. I was at work. I went to my computer, and I typed it in. And uh, the ladies in the office were wondering what was going on because I didn't realize they told me after. I just said no. And then I turned around and walked out, and I started crying. I lost it. I This was... This couldn't have been more out of the blue for me. I don't yeah. think anybody saw this one coming. And um, yeah, uh, mourning—literally mourning—for a long time. And uh, unlike anything I would have done for anybody else, I, I went and uh, inked my body with—that's uh, right, that's the, right—the symbol logo. And uh, you know, I still intend to do something for Mr. Bowie and uh, Mr. Reed. But you know, those those gave me time to pause and think. This one was just. I had to do something, and yeah. it was uh, it was ink therapy.
1: We're gonna get that uh, image up on the website uh, promptly. Ye-
3: I don't know if it'll show up on film. I
1: typically don't,
3: <laughs> so it's it's, it's not in an, an unfortunate area. It's just no. I had to do it, and it was really cathartic. And while I was in the middle of it, and it hurt like hell, like it, uh, it was it was therapeutic.
2: I think yeah. a lot of people are going through what you're going through. You can see it on television. Uh, a lot of people, you know, just. Didn't expect it to happen, and people are just coming out in droves. Yeah,
3: and like I said there's no time to prepare for it. You can actually set some things aside in your mind, going, okay, this is going to come, and we're going to listen to it, and we're going to ease into it. But this was, I remember, this is terrible because I'm, I'm such a huge Oprah fan. <laughs> and it was one of those rare interviews where he sat down for a solid hour, and she'd asked him at one point, How much music do you have left in you? And he, he just kind of smiled and said, A song a day. A song a day. A song a day, yeah. So, how much did we miss? So that brings up The Vault. Yeah. Yeah. Um, differing opinions on that. In my own head, I have differing opinions about that. I personally want to
1: hear everything. Yeah.
3: But to be fair, not everything was gold.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, if anything, there should be people that he worked with closely. Uh, definitely the musicians and the the producers that he worked with at Paisley Park. Yeah, know, that,
3: that'd be the way to go instead to, of family. To at least know what
1: was in the works what he maybe had at the forefront of you know, his, his stretch of ideas yeah. um, so they would know where to start because where do you really start? Um, and hopefully everything's cataloged. Yeah, in great detail, so it can all be retrieved, and uh, and it'll be in various states of finish, I'm sure. Will it be chronological
3: that they'll put yeah. it out? Who yeah. knows? I mean, if you think about it now; it still seems like every 18 months we get a new Hendrix release.
0: yeah. Well, Hendrix release, yeah. Right. So I mean, and and he's been gone. Mm, for that's just a while, that's starting right? to slow down a little bit. Uh, but with uh, yeah, but, but still there. And,
1: and that's that's because Hendrix had his own studio for about three years. Right. But Prince had his since uh, what after Purple Rain? Right. And yep. He he built it then, and oh, I'm getting a text here. Oh, we got a text. Okay, we're we we're gonna have a caller coming up in the show. Just got that confirmed. Yeah, coming back to the Prince Vault thing. Um, you know, he was putting his music out through through Tidal, which was a, a music streaming service. Yep. And uh, I think every Monday, every Monday morning, I believe he was sele- selecting one song out of the archives, out of the vault, to put out there from various times. So he was already digging into the vault. I don't think that stopped him from making music on a daily basis as well, so it wasn't like he was gaining any ground.
3: (laughs) Well, I was particularly upset because the, the tour that he was doing, the piano and a mic... Uh, yeah, didn't get here you know the closest yes. we got was oakland was, yeah up in the bay area right? and it didn't didn't happen here i know it would have happened at some point you know and that was one
1: of those things i talked to my wife about it's like well money doesn't matter at this point and and i never got to see him live and i i'm uh, kicking myself twice i'm I got, kicking I've myself oh, i've been there like four times oh
0: well,
3: i'll tell you you know it's funny the, the first time we went it was um there was something on the radio on uh Thursday Thursday morning, beg your pardon, it said, uh, hey, Prince is playing at the Palladium tonight. Tickets go on sale in an hour. So I was at work. I left work, and I went to a Music Plus and walked straight in the door at 10 o'clock, and I bought a ticket to see Prince, and eight hours later, I was at that show. Damn. And, you know, open floor, walk around and get as close to the man as you want. Second time we saw him, we we were members of the fan club for years, and he had a pre-sale for fan members, fan club members But it was really unusual The tickets for the fan club members went on sale After the general public tickets went on But maybe it was a section that was put aside Well we didn't know, but I, you know, I trusted him, So we'll do whatever we do And um, it wasn't a ridiculous price So we got to It was the Honda Center at the time And um, we didn't know where the tickets were Until we collected them at Will Call walked in and started walking down further and further and further and we're just looking at each other and the grins getting bigger and bigger and he had a stage that was in the center of the floor at the Honda Center and had uh, like four pronged uh, walkways that came out of either section and we were about three seats behind the end of one of the walkways. So you were a prong. Yeah <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, you know Ruby uh, my wife, just like oh my god you know she's just flipping out and I said go you can touch him if you want <laughs> you're about the same height it would have been non-threatening and uh, it just put, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's, you know, 15 feet away from a master musician. It was an unbelievable experience.
2: You know, one time I, I was working in a hotel and there was this group of Australian people there. And they, they were just talking to me for a whole couple of days. And they like, All right, what can we do tonight? And, and they <laughs> saw they saw that Prince was playing at Irvine Meadows. It was Diamonds and Pearls. And, you know, they were getting drunk. And they came up to me at one point. And they're like, you know, mate, if, if, like, if we rent a van... <laughs> you know, will you drive if we get you a ticket? And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So, so they rented this van, and I drove them down, and they're getting wasted the whole way down. And you know, we get there, and the seats are like ninth or tenth row. Nice. And I just remember being in the parking lot after the show and having to drink a lot of water and like soda before I got back in the van to drive them back. But it was just an amazing experience.
3: Wait, you know, and just. I'll leave it with this. So, Joe, you, you you were there, and I don't know if you'll remember this, but this is true. So, at my wedding, at our reception, yeah. our first dance was Betcha by Golly Wow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was some 15 years ago. So, it's been a big part of my life and will continue to be. So,
0: um,
1: Yeah, I kind of, uh, you know, I've, I've been a fan since, um, well, just after Purple Rain, of course. But um, there were, you know, a handful of albums that I... I really, really enjoyed, and some that I kind of got off track with that, that, that didn't click with me, so I can't say that I'm the career-long fan of Prince, but he managed to come back and reappear in a way that really got my attention. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and going past the, the 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 hits phase that usually pulls people in, because, by God, there's so many of them, right? right. You know, um, The album that really stands as my favorite, that really resonates with me, is, uh, is a strange one, because it's... Um, it was never released on its own. Was it the Black Album? It was the Truth, which oh, was the acoustic yeah. album, yeah, yeah. the bonus disc that came with Crystal Ball, right. which was a bunch of vault stuff. And it is gorgeous. And it's acoustic. It's stripped down prints. It's just raw to the bone. right? And to me, I play that uh, over and over, and it does not get old, and it's inspiring. And I only hope that there's more like that in the vault that may, may one day come out. But um, yeah, for me, that's just the... F- that's my my golden point with with Prince and my music catalog. You guys have a a favorite? I I
3: was never particularly discerning. I'll admit that openly. If he put out anything, I would have listened to it indiscriminately. Um, I I maybe now be a little more critical in the post, but uh, at the time, it was a new Prince album. I'm buying. I I heard it was coming. I'm going to get it. Uh, If it was a physical copy or MP3s, whatever it was back in the day, records and CDs and cassettes, it didn't matter. Something was coming, I bought it. Um, Still got them all, and uh, I'm sure I'll continue to buy whatever it is. If they're saying, what, an album a year for 100 years are coming? Unfortunately, I don't Uh. live that long, so I'd like it if they'd release them a little bit more rapidly. Yeah, how about
1: now? Now? How's now? Now is good. good? Yeah, maybe not (laughs) one box
3: set, maybe like 10 box sets of 10 albums each. Good stuff. Set the tone for a lot of things, guys.
1: records for joey by planet roy off their album greatest hits in tribute to uh, joey ramon who would have been 65 this this past week another one gone too soon cheers wow oh hey there's a voice hey who is that i'm sorry hey
3: <laughs> <laughs> don't be not yet
1: caller will you please introduce yourself
3: <laughs> uh,
4: Yeah. hello i'm eugene edwards
1: i know that name yeah where would we know you from eugene
4: uh, you would know me uh, from such roles as um, <laughs> lead, lead guitar player with Dwight Yoakam. Yes. That's the Past four years, that's probably the most most likely spot. Uh, and also, Dave, uh, you didn't know me because we've known each other for the better part of fifteen years as a friend.
1: More than that, I think we're closing in on eighteen or nineteen. And you're still talking oh, you still talk to right? Yeah.
0: Ma. Oh yeah. Uh. I, mean, I see him once a year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that makes it a lot easier then. I get,
3: <laughs> I get no, it. <laughs>
4: It's mostly because I'm hard to take in large doses. <laughs> no reflection on Tim. That's, that's why we're
1: doing it from a distance today. Well done. No, I have a question. Yeah. W-
4: which one of you just went and saw Springsteen for the very first time, like last year? Or something? Yeah.
3: Who no, like two months ago. That was me.
4: <laughs> that's Tim. That was you.
3: Yeah, that's Tim. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we met uh, backstage at a Dwight show at the Grove about a year and a half ago.
0: Yeah. And had you seen Springsteen by then? I had not.
3: No, no. He no. was in training yeah. then. Yeah, yeah, yeah that uh, was Yeah. <laughs> no, um <laughs> Saint Patrick's Day of this year was the first time ever.
4: And are there other things in life for which you're 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 severely pacing yourself?
3: Yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what girls are all about. <laughs>
4: there's that. Yeah. There's that.
3: <laughs> and oh, um I wanna check it. I yeah, got a
4: movie
0: called Footloose. Uh,
3: <laughs> yeah, and money and success have avoided me so far this uh, this this <laughs> lifetime, but you know I'm slowly working on things.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. I got to wow. pace
3: myself. Yeah.
4: You got to. Yeah. Well, you know the thing is, is such a recluse, and he hardly ever plays out over the decades. So I can see how it took a while. Yeah.
3: Well, actually, I had to go on Wikipedia the name because I wasn't
1: quite sure who we were talking about. <laughs> you had that album with the dog on the cover, right?
3: No, yeah, I remember something about a bandana, or I don't know. It was like that's
0: right. Yeah.
1: Now, where are you calling from? Because you just got back from some shows, right? Okay,
0: so
4: well, a show. We uh, get this. This is uh, pretty kooky. Uh, yesterday, we had a show at at uh, in uh, Daytona, Florida. At the, I think it's called the Country 500. It is a, it's a country festival, it's an all weekend festival, at the Daytona 500 racetrack. And uh, but we uh, Dwight in uh, the band we. we we must have taken off at about 11 a.m. yesterday, uh, flew in, uh, there's an airstrip right next to the racetrack, fortunately. So we just sort of hopped over to the stage. We played for an hour. We hopped off, uh, and then we got back on the plane and, and flew home. And we were... <laughs> <laughs> like going to the mall. You know what? That's all the time <laughs> I ever want
3: to spend in Florida anyway. I'm, so that's perfect. Like I
4: saw I saw both oceans in, in, in the same day. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so uh, so, so, yes, but it was you know, it was this huge festival, i I guess I could just say festival, they're all huge at this point,
0: yeah. um,
4: and then I had the rest of them the, the weekend, the long weekend off, which is nice, So Very I'll, nice. I'll probably be grilling something uh, later on tonight who and,
3: who was uh, on that, who was on to, that bill
4: well, you know, well, well, of course, because I just barely got in there and and uh, I did see Jamie Johnson was on right before us, cool. and I got to catch uh, the last couple of tunes, he ended his set with a, a beautiful and faithful rendition of the night they drove old Dixie down. Ooh, uh, cool. They even got those tricky turnaround chords before the last repeat of the chorus. They got them spot on, and everybody usually messes that up terribly. <laughs> and, and they were, it's honestly, it's the thing I look for. It's like, okay, what are they going to do? And then they, they just nailed it. Um, and then I think after us was Trace Atkins. And um, and you know I'm sorry I'm at a disadvantage because my itinerary didn't have the full lineup of everybody else that was going to be on that gig. Uh, I know Willie uh, Willie Nelson is yeah. playing tonight. Yeah, if you've ever heard of him. Well, no, but, <laughs>
3: uh, no, but I'll look him up.
4: Yeah, he, he's good uh, again. Was, I, was that Tim? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's one of those new like... kids I keep hearing about.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, exactly. Uh, so. Um, but anyway, so the, and and uh, I I don't I don't know who, Dave. Do you know who else was playing that festival? Because I honestly I just uh, aside I got in there and I got
1: out. Yeah, aside from Willie, I I think Jason Aldean might have been on there.
4: Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's one of the big boys. Yeah, there were two stages. uh, and uh, it, was, it was just massive. It was just a good ocean of, of people.
3: You know, that's an interesting artist perspective because, you know, as, as the fan geeks, you know, we go in and we're all just jazzed to see who we want to see. But it's interesting that sometimes I wonder if people go in and do their gig. Uh, they just aren't sure exactly what the uh, whole circumstance looks like. So that's kind of cool.
4: It, it, it depends. Well, when we see that we're going to be playing a festival, i speaking at least for, for myself. Normally, if I see that we're playing a festival... And I know that we're not going to kind of do the bank heist version of what we did
0: yesterday.
4: Then I will look, I'll, I'll just usually go online and look up who else is playing. And then I kind of have to make a, a bit of a battle plan as to who I can see on what stage at what time. Depending on the festival, something like Bonnaroo is just insane. Uh, and they have a terrible way of naming their stages. Um, they're after named and, after different <laughs> kinds
3: of mud, yeah, aren't they? Yeah,
4: I've, I've heard
2: Bonnaroo is nothing but mud and bugs.
4: Well, it's because they call it the this stage and the that stage and the over there stage. <laughs> the Not ab- literally, they The ambiguous the, it, 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 stage. It's, it's in order to, I think that so many people there are doing drugs that they're hoping that they counteract the, the, the lack of logic.
3: Oh, some normalcy.
4: Less, yeah. Gotcha.
3: Yeah, like,
4: they cross their mojo. People know where to go.
3: <laughs> well, that makes sense. Well, it's yeah. it's festival season, isn't it? It is. I guess it's,
4: well, yeah, it is. It's it's uh, it's an exciting. It's, it's exciting because for me, at least from my perspective, that's when I get to see anybody normally. That's it's true. See other live music. So it's very convenient for me. Um, we did something in, in Texas, uh, Maybe last week, two weeks ago, uh, the Cherokee Creek Festival, and uh, Chris Robinson and the County Crows were on the same day as us, and uh, we did Austin City Limits Festival. Aww. We did both weekends last. Last fall, and I got to see like Florence and the Machine, for instance, someone I always wanted to see. Hmm. Um, and uh, so I, I, I have
3: to ask you, as a performer, do you get uh, some nice access to uh, some side seats or on stage, or are you milling yes. with the, uh, the the wretched refuse?
4: Uh, yeah, no, I, I stay away from the unwashed masses. Oh of man. Man. <laughs> uh, uh, no, so yeah, essentially, that's the other thing is I'm now. I'm just spoiled when it comes to concerts in general, but especially festivals, because yes, it's, they make it very comfortable for, for artists. And, you know, we have, it's just, it's just very, very comfortable. And I can kind of float between from one state to the next and usually just jump up at somewhere, usually at monitor world and just check out what's going on. Um, but, uh, And now I think I'm just, I think somewhere in my mid 20s, I felt I just, I was just too old to attend a festival. I I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. We go through
2: exactly the same thing. You you know, you can do it for a day, but these three days where you're, you know, complete exposure and you're just, yeah. Well,
3: yeah, and I was telling the guys, you know, I was uh, at the first Coachella in '99, and it was uh, at that point it was a, it's just an amazing experiment. And I and I'm telling this because it wasn't anecdotal; it was absolutely true. I could close my eyes and walk in a straight line, spread my arms out, and I wouldn't run into another living soul for 200 yards. It was fantastic. You're not right? Yeah, it was beautiful.
2: Yeah, even even as recently as like six or seven years ago, if you wanted to go one of the big stages, you could go to the side and walk. You know, get really close, walk right up. Now there's so many people at these things yeah you just and and,
3: and I'm convinced they're not there for the purity of the music and I don't want to be a complete nerd I can't help it but I mean it's a fashion show now
2: yeah Yeah. it seems like well Coachella certainly is yeah absolutely and it seems like because like they they sell for Coachella now they sell they sell regular tickets and they sell VIP tickets and then there's a
3: super secret VIP yeah
2: so there there must be three Coachellas going on at one time (laughs) because there's got to be the and there's two weekends so that makes six yeah
1: Yeah. brought to you by Instagram (laughs) (laughs) and Parasite well
4: Well, yeah, I think um, the reason that Coachella fall, falls prey to the fashion show thing is its proximity to Los Angeles. Yeah,
0: honestly.
4: and and there's a lot of branding going on both for the festival itself and and for the celebrities that attend simply so they can take a picture of themselves in their kind of their Pocahontas outfit. Sure, which is fine.
3: Well, uh, um, and you know what? That's sad though. It's not fine because I can't wear mine anymore.
4: <laughs> You're just a cliche now, and, and it's become um. a big
2: thing, though, too. Because the, you know, you hear about like bounties on people, like Talking Heads and The Smiths and stuff. You hear things like The Smiths have been offered fifteen million dollars. I don't know if that's true, but it, it sure seems like it.
3: Well, I would actually give the Talking Heads twenty million of my own if I could get them back together for one <laughs> night. So, yeah. now, be... now,
2: well,
3: how, now, how
4: do you feel about that, though? Because at that point, do you feel as though the I mean, do you, what kind of performance do you think you'll get? Obviously, they would be professional and they would do. They'd come out and play the hits, but if you know that they only did it they were coerced by the Right, you're, you're
3: forcing
1: an event that didn't come naturally.
3: Well, yeah, yeah. But, the, but in the case of the Talking Heads, though, we've got a built-in safety net because I know, I've read this many times, David Byrne said that the only reason he'd ever play a live show again entirely with the Talking Heads is if it was bankrupt. So thank God he's kept his money, but sadly he's kept yeah. his money.
2: But then it also works the other way, too. Like, uh, re- most recently, Violent Femmes. Haven't, right. haven't they gone down as saying... <coughs>
3: No, I don't Excuse remember me. them saying that.
2: <laughs> well, no, that they, they were offered a ridiculous amount of money to play Coachella. So that's why mm-hmm. they set aside their differences and got back together. But we've gotten a good new album out of it. They're doing a great new tour because of it. Yeah, they've got new life. So it sort of worked for them. But some bands, they just kind Yeah, kinda, it worked for them.
4: But
0: well,
2: it doesn't work
4: for everybody. True. No. I, I think the best thing, though, was, as usual, the best thing is the replacements. Where... Yeah. It's completely sort as to why why Paul decided to go ahead and do it again, and it seemed as though, well, we'll do one show or two shows and see how it goes. And of course, it, it was it was tremendous. It yeah, was, yeah, you know, all so
3: three of us good. in this Fantastic. room actually got to see yeah. that tour, so very happily.
4: <laughs> so good. And then, uh, appropriately, they fell apart before they could really truly capitalize on yeah, any part. Immediately, of it. right? Yeah. Perfect. Perfect replacements for yeah, it's exactly. Know, and, and honestly point.
2: and honestly as a fan they were good but they weren't good like they were back in the day there, there was they used to be shambolic but really tight at the same time and that was the magic but this was just shambolic well the, but
3: that's what he said though didn't he say that they just the band wouldn't rehearse yeah they, they were not into it was part of the reason they disbanded again
1: but they rehearsed the breakup
3: <laughs> right. well yeah 20 years earlier they had, right. that, they had that down I don't know, our, um, big shows coming. I, I the only thing I think that the three of us are going to festivalize is, is the Ohana Festival coming up. Have
1: yeah. you heard about that, Jane?
0: No. no. What is it?
3: It's in Dana Point. It's um Elvis oh. Costello, uh, Band of Horses, Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder. Oh yes, yeah, right. oh yeah, there's that My guy. Honey. Um. Yeah. It's uh, a yeah, it's a pretty good lineup. That's
2: day one. Day day two is Lana Del Rey.
3: And you know they did a nice thing that they allowed you to buy a single day, so you can choose the one you wanted to go to without being hijacked into right, saying you must go right. to all three and you will enjoy <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> yeah, Band of Horses, Mud Honey, Curran Bailey, Ray, White Reaper, Ryan Bingham, Johnny Two Bags, Jack Irons. And oh, it's fantastic. you know, and it's just it's on the beach and it's like Doheny, right? And Doheny, yeah, yeah, which is where I yeah, you can't you, a point, you can't can't beat the spot.
3: No, Elvis Costello on the beach. That's all I've ever needed. So, isn't that a drink? Well, no, it, it might be a drink, but I've always said he's going to be my desert island guy. So this is probably it's as close as I'll get to living it.
2: it. You know, it's funny as I as I, I was looking, you know, at all, all the lists of all the uh, upcoming summer festivals, and it just seems like Radiohead and LCD Sound System are playing all of them. Oh, really? Well, I mean, there's, they're they're the major. I mean, every major one has them. Kendrick Lamar seems to be a little bit of a secondary. I don't know her. <laughs>
3: I like Kendrick Lamar. I'm not familiar, so I should not have said. We have that. a really
2: good one uh, coming up here, in uh, actually in Ventura, the Roadshow Festival, which is John Doe, the Paladins, the Blasters, Robert Gordon, Cadillac Tramps, James Infeld.
1: It seems like a a, a hoot nanny revival since the hoot nanny festival yeah, no, uh, right. tanked a couple years back. Yeah, there's
2: been, been a bunch of no like, like little things. mini mini hoot nannies. Yeah. Well, this ain't no picnic. Went to Europe and became a big.
3: That's a shame because that was great.
2: Yeah, it became part of like all tomorrow's parties.
3: Well, those don't exist oh, really? anymore, do they? Those kept getting curated by people that couldn't pull it together. And I think the up. most
2: recent did the most recent. the most recent one just get canceled? Yeah,
3: and every time they tried one, the, the curators couldn't pull it together, is what I remember. So,
4: oh, Sad. well, I, you know, I can't imagine the logistics of, of coordinating a festival. I, I don't even like inviting people to dinner. So, <laughs> I mean, to, to, well, to, I mean, where, you know, I remember the ACL fest. Just like where, do you, where do you put all those buses? Where do you do? And by the way, side note. Uh, what, I don't know if you guys experienced this, but why is there still terrible cell reception at a festival? <laughs> you 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 knew you you knew you were trying to invite as many people as possible to come to this one spot for a weekend, and you also know that you want people to post pictures and footage oh, right sure. away yeah. while they're there.
2: Well, so Coachella's, Coachella has it because uh, Coachella has charging stations all over the place, and. Smart. Yeah, little stupid art things where you can plug your phone into... No, they've got uh, hostels you, and all sorts yeah. of stuff
3: built on site anymore. It's it's not what it was. I'm, you know, I, I, there, there will be an opportunity at some point. I'll want to go back because something will tempt my tummy
1: with the taste of nuts and honey. But right now, it's not
3: happening.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, real quick, what do you yeah. guys think about the... Uh, uh, what is it called? Desert Trip, which is kind of like a, a really unique festival. The Ocella? Yeah, it's like the first of its kind, I guess, gathering together the old class. Um, right now it was what across three nights two acts per night right and consecutive weekends now with the so same lineup you got you got paul mccartney you got bob dylan you got the who you got roger waters neil young. and neil young is that five six what anyway um, there's six total The stones. stones oh and the stones yeah. right. Stones. that's another new band so, i'm trying to figure so, out yeah never heard of him. <laughs> So they're, yeah, across three nights. yeah, uh, And it's kind of like a bucket list type of thing for a lot of people. For me, I've seen all of these acts, so I don't necessarily want to see them this old now because I know, <laughs> you know, some of them, Ed, McCartney's voice uh, as of the last year or two isn't as strong oh, as it being, once was. Oh, you're being generous. I'm being, being generous. I am being generous because we'd like him on the show sometime. Uh, yeah, but, <laughs> Paul, Paul but, if you're out there. So I'm, I'm going to pass on this, but there's a lot of people that I know that are saying, you know what, Neil Young I've never seen. I, I'm considering or, you know, another artist. Well, having seen and, the, the overwhelming
3: majority of these acts myself, uh, for me, if they had just done this amazing, if they had done the one-two punch of the Stones and Neil Young on the same night, yeah, that, I, I would have been there.
2: That, that's the whole thing. It's deciding who headlines what night. Like uh, Dylan, like the arguably, arguably the most important person there, um, yeah. is going to empty the place. Um, we, we saw well, him at Americanorama a couple of years ago, and he just emptied the place. He did, and we and were we we, we, as, we were as big of a that. fan as I am. So I don't know how he's going to do it with like eighty five thousand people.
0: I assume he goes on first. No? I would think so, I would
3: too. Think so yeah, too. Unless they yeah. want everybody to you know filter out quietly and get to their cars.
2: Yeah, and like the night Roger Waters is there, he's definitely got a headline because who's going to go after Flying Pigs, you know? <laughs> well,
3: plus all those bricks are going to be all over the stage. But Trump will re- rebuild
2: the wall,
1: don't worry. It'll yeah. be beautiful. It'll be beautiful. <laughs> it'll
2: be
3: beautiful. It'll be beautiful. <laughs> Trust, believe me. I'll believe tell me. you
4: what, nothing clears a party uh full of chicks quicker than a Roger Waters solo
0: album.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I have I've seen that happen. Party's going, everything's going, and then someone puts on, like... Radio chaos. Cars ...hitchhiking, <laughs> and it's just all of a sudden, it's, yeah... It's, is
3: there going to be a
1: song yeah. on this album?
4: <laughs>
1: it is. It's one song. <laughs>
3: yeah, it
4: is. <laughs> it's just
1: one big song.
4: As, as one critic once said, it's proof that you cannot listen to a light show. <laughs> but... But I, I think it's obviously it's the right call to have this festival. I think I think the the organizers looked at the one demographic from which they hadn't really taken gobs of money, and they were like, oh, the baby boomers.
3: Yeah, that's but, true. And, and
4: they knew they, but they also knew they could not stack it like they could Coachella. Uh, first of all, there's just not as many acts to choose from. They're not and alive, then, and and you can't test the patience. And and frankly, the knees and hips of your audience. And that's yeah,
3: that's, a true. <laughs> that's true. Point. Plus, if you start degrading the uh, level of the artist at that point, slowly you're going to get into a lot of one-hit wonderland before like a yeah. little too long. I yeah,
2: mean, and sure. it, yeah, sure. it's like and it's like stagecoach where there it's about two thirds of its reserved seating, so it's not like Coachella right. where it's just a big open free for all. Yeah,
4: no, I, I'm. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, didn't they see something in the paper like there's like, like they changed the policy that people could bring their own chairs.
3: Oh, I hadn't seen that. Oh, I or, don't know. or walkers, I rockers.
4: <laughs> well, some, some notice of like that, meaning, meaning the reserve seating they have may not even be enough seats. Yeah. But, um, but and and that's a and by the way, from the stage perspective, that's a weird vibe when yes. you're playing a festival outdoors and people are you know, sitting a lot where. Well, what? Yeah. What happened? The reserve. The, the people that are sitting are the ones that you see up front. Right. So and usually they'll be like you know radio contest winners. No, it's all necessary to put the festival on, frankly. But it is a strange thing when the people that are standing up and really rocking out to you, they're like a football field away yeah. or half a football field away, um, because the other folks are just they just want to sit down and be comfortable, and it's kind of like they're watching a the TV screen a little bit.
2: Yeah, and, that, and that's the festival that you don't want to be on stage at 3:30 because half the audience is going to be over at Norm's for the early bird special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's true. laughs> And
3: I, again, that, that's a really cool perspective from the artist, uh, yeah. but from the fanboy out in the audience, I, you know, for us, I think one of the primary reasons we didn't hit some of the big festivals anymore, is like, oh, I think the band's on over there, and we were about a quarter of a mile away from the main stage at one point, and I can be pretty tenacious about getting up front and seeing the band I want to see.
2: Yeah, and the old Coachella yeah. things moved and ebbed and flowed. Yeah, and not anymore, now it's, it's stationary, yeah, I'm going to
3: plant myself in this one spot and I'm not moving, and I don't yeah. think it's designed to work that way.
4: Yeah. Again, you know, the, you have uh, if you're, uh, if you're an, or, uh, an organizer of a festival, you have so many different, you know, things to cover and, and problems to solve, and it's never going to. The only, I'll say, the one perfect festival, the one perfect festival. I've been to it a couple of times. We played it. Is uh, Dave? What's the one up in San Francisco uh, at Golden Golden? Oh, uh, uh, almost uh,
2: strictly bluegrass.
4: Hard, hardly, hardly
2: strictly. Bluegrass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I that.
4: cannot. I cannot get a, Oh, do yourself a favor. Uh, go, get up there. It's, I cannot believe... Well, first of all, the quality of the music, it, it'll blow your mind. And there's a, about six stages or so, but um, it's an all-volunteer staff. The guy, it was a president of Wells Fargo who passed away a few years ago. He had started this whole thing and, um, and and the whole idea was that if you're working the festival, if you're doing security, if you're a runner, if you're doing anything like you have to be... Invited in by someone else who's already worked the festival, so everyone's accountable for each other, and um, it's kind of a BYOB sort of thing. Um, it, it's uh, uh, and then for some even the, the audience, uh, the way they the, the way they walk from from stage to stage, there's just a a logic to it, and and everything makes sense. You know, people they walk to the right side of a lane as they're traversing so the court respectfully. so respectfully,
2: and, and it's isn't it respectful? And isn't it right. free? And it's free. It's free. Heartless review oh. Blue glass is free. That's
3: my second favorite price. Yeah, and, that's and, my second yeah. favorite F and, word. And amazing <laughs>
2: names. Like the last year or two has been like uh, Robin Hitchcock, uh, Paul Paul Weller, um, yep. uh, Tweedy. Um, yeah. So,
3: so how do they subsidize the artist to get there to make it worth their while? I
2: think people just want to play it. Right. On. It sounds oh, like yeah, it we'll sounds go. like we've got one right here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs>
4: Was like, I think the first year I went. While we were on stage, I was bummed out because on another stage, Nick Lowe was playing. Oh, mm. what a drag! You know, and and, 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 and this is and, and uh, it's just sort of, uh, I don't know. It just they work it out just right, and I hope that they maintain that, um, for lack of a better word, that vibe that they have because it is. It, it's one of those festivals you see it coming up on your itinerary. And you think, oh, I can't wait for that one. Not just because the crowd's great not just because you see other good acts but you know it's just not a it's not a chaotic mess
3: well you know you can um, you can be precious without being precious too so that's cool yeah
4: yeah that's right you know, yeah, exactly yeah and this
3: is, this is the thing we talk about too and it's not just festivals it's just the, the behaviors of people now because they don't seem like they're going for the right reason and again this is not my call but if you're going to a music festival one would kind of make an assumption that you're there for the music i'm not entirely sure that's the case anymore no and,
4: and frankly that 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 um that assumes a lot, yeah. I, and, and it, it, it assumes a lot. It assumes that, um, yes, because there's live bands playing, we make the assumption that the primary reason to go would be for the live music. But as as we know for a fact, you mentioned Coachella, it's very much about the fashion of it, apparently. We, um, it, but but,
2: I, but it's blend it shows into, per, shows period without even being festivals. Yeah, people, bled into look, people look at them as more of a social event rather than that you've paid money to check out an artist's performance. Well, look
3: at the definition. The dictionary definition of audience is to listen, and it hasn't become that anymore. We've gone to club gigs. I've gone to you know showcase things, and there's people behind me standing there, and they're, they're not on their phone talking to each other. They're talking to each other like they're just sitting in a bar somewhere. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? Get out, because I'm trying to listen to this band. And yes, we all arguably probably paid around the same amount of money to get in, and you kind right. can do what you want. There should be some sort of levels of decorum, and they're not being followed anymore. I'm, I'm, all right, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm the official get off my lawn old guy now, but <laughs> holy crap. I want to <laughs> listen to the music. And then
2: there's a lot of different examples of different kinds of things. Like, uh, we were at a show a few weeks ago, we, we were on the floor, and it was packed. Yeah. And there's, there's groups of people that, Every like ten minutes, one or two of the group will leave, go get drinks for the whole group, and then come back. When you're packed in that floor like that, you're not stay. supposed to leave. You're supposed to stay <laughs> yeah. there and don't leave and expect your spot to be yeah, there. You didn't reserve
3: that spot on the floor.
2: Yeah, and then people on the phone. People are on the phone constantly. It's one thing we all like to take a snap or two in yeah. the in the day yeah. that we're days that we're living in a thirty-five dollar t-shirts a couple of phone snaps is all really we've got as a souvenir but there are people that have the phone I was at a Titus Andronica show last week and there were people in front of the stage videoing the entire show yeah, exactly. And, and it's like, you know, how does that and sticking the phone right up in their face and yeah, stuff while yeah. they're And it's like, how is that acceptable? Uh, it, it, unfortunately, well, it is. But you know, and speaking well, of which, I got to go enable it and search it on YouTube see if those guys post. <laughs> <laughs> well,
4: I know, I see. But by the way, I see this in my my kids' school play. By the way,
0: where, yeah, uh, where.
4: I mean, and and that's you know you got to get off early from work. You got to kind of get a good seat, and then I and everyone just hold their iPad up. They view the entire thing.
1: The iPad, oh god, through their, oh, through their iPad, <laughs> they'll, they'll
4: take even more seats. And then what's weird is, believe me, you're not going to go back and watch this this uh, version of the <laughs> Velveteen Rabbit ever again. <laughs>
1: well, now, you you
3: you're selling yourself I mean, short. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but but what what's the issue though? I mean. Prices obviously, of tickets have gone up, and we've all kind of accepted that that's the normal. But when when you think that with the prices have gone up, you've spent that extra disposable cash to go mm-hmm. see this show, that you're there to experience
2: that moment, and that's not it anymore. Again, Joe, you were right; they're just there to hang and talk. And 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 the, and you know, and in their head and in their mind, there's nothing wrong with that. And I guess there isn't. And we're there for different reasons. Yes, but, exactly. But, we're there for different reasons. But when but when they're impeding. Our reason, there's an issue.
1: That's where it gets hostile.
2: Yeah,
4: and well, well yeah, because it's yes, you're right. It becomes uh, it's invasive. Your your behavior of standing and listening, maybe swaying side to side a little bit, um, it doesn't impede on their ability to have a conversation. It right. should then. Well, maybe
1: well, it, maybe it should well, start. Maybe swing your arms a little bit more with a closed fist.
3: <laughs> Think about speak side to side, what
2: about when you're like at a reserve show and the people in front of you? are talking and they're constantly leaning into each other. And you, every five seconds, you're having to adjust your sight line.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that might be some personal issues with my height, but uh, yeah, well, well, you know, here, the,
2: the height I'm a, I'm like a, I'm a solid six feet tall, maybe even six one. How come we no. can go to any show and the one guy that's taller stands in front of me i <laughs> yeah. you know so you feel you feel bad for the shorter people but it's true of everybody no matter who you are the taller person stands yeah in tr- front of truth
3: you. truth be told though if i had my druthers if it was a question between the guy that's slightly taller than me or sweaty no shirt guy i'll yeah. take the slightly oh, taller God. guy <laughs> wow
0: yeah
3: i get i always end up next to sweaty no shirt guy
0: God, it's Sophie's Choice. It is. It is. <laughs> and, and
3: sometimes, you know, and, and now that I'm older, it's like, well, I've already seen this band before. I guess I can go now.
2: And there's also a uh, like a weird oh. line between like the intensity of the dancing, like in pits. I know. I understand if you're going sure. to see the Cro-Mags, you know, I understand yeah. if you're going to see Bad Brains, it's going to be Elbows. Right. If I'm teeth. going to see Guar, I expect yeah. to get messy. Right. But not yeah. every band, because there's maybe sort of some sort of punky line through their roots. Does that mean that the minute the the, the drums hit, the shirts go off and the elbows start flying?
0: Yeah,
3: people start a mosh pit during X playing an acoustic set. It doesn't make sense, people. Yeah, and violently. Yeah, they're trying to live up something that they have seen on TV. That era's gone. Get over yourselves. Dave, you're awfully quiet over there. I'm just sad.
2: Well, Dave's not the mosh guy.
1: Not anymore.
3: He's
2: 90.
1: No, I I remember uh, seeing X at House of Blues once, and uh, I had just come back from the Bay Area seeing... I think Pearl Jam at Golden Gate Park, and I somehow fractured my foot. So when I came back, I ended up on crutches, but we had tickets for X. And this is the Tony Gokison era. Yep. And we get there super early, and we're at the foot of the stage. And all my friends just created this big wall around me to nice. pr- protect their crippled friend because we knew the swirl was going to be coming. And, uh, yeah. and I knew it was coming, too, but I wanted, I wanted to be right there, and they, they knew to, to build the wall around me. And, and that was fine. But I don't go into the pit anymore. It's just uh, well, let's, it's let's, too dangerous. Let's do that, but in
3: my sake, instead of because I don't want to have a broken limb, I'm old and I don't heal well. Why don't we have an emotional wall around me, <laughs> so that you can help protect my you know, no, needs?
0: T- we I can do. I can, we
4: can, just can, don't, Tim. I can. Sh- I, I'm sorry, but Tim, I can show you how to build that. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Good. I've got. Yeah. There
3: have been people in my past lives that have told me I've already had that. So.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but but aren't we speaking about? Um, a lot of this has to do... Here's, here's the thing, is that um, the the artists and the venues and the promoters should be grateful that there's still people over a certain age that, and that certain age is basically probably 30, that even Ugh. want to go see live music on a steady basis. Um, and so what we're talking about is, is, if let's say we were in our early 20s and we had a podcast about music, we, we probably would be... This would not be a concern whatsoever.
0: True. Um,
4: because we would be oblivious to um what's appropriate behavior we we wouldn't cater it per band or per venue we would just go because we're going and it's a free-for-all but i I assume we're all over the age of 40
3: Uh Sadly, if Uh you add us all up (laughs) yes okay
4: (laughs) let's just say that
3: not not uh, in a row not but
4: yeah but uh so so we have to take into account that uh and everybody's taking account i know i i'm grateful that that people still want to go see live music at all. My my living is based on it. Right. Um, well, that's my great think, pleasure uh,
3: in life. Actually, is going to see it happen.
4: There you go. And, and so um, you you know it, it's um we just have to. I mean, talking about the mosh pit and stuff. I remember you know. Well, I don't remember. I wasn't there, but but I always heard tales of like, especially in the, in the early '80s and uh, in L.A. I mean,
3: we were there. Every, yeah, we were
4: there. Every, <laughs> So, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but every every each band had its level of severity in the mosh pit. If sure, go definitely. A, if Fear was playing, it's like, okay, well, you know, just don't go down there, right? Because it's going to be it's going to be really, really rough, right? As where if it was someone else playing, it's like, you know, it's it's light to moderate. It's it's it, you know, you you can you won't get completely clobbered. Um, and so it sounds like now, though, it sort of seems like um, if there's just anything that resembles punk, like you're saying, it's just assume that it's going to be as as, as far out as possible. Yeah, right? like well, not I, attenuating
2: it. And El- the, yeah, uh, elbows and sweaty shaved bodies.
3: Well, and the definition of punk is so broad too. So, okay. <sighs> right,
2: that's that's true. It's like yeah, Americana. Exactly. Let's do some Americana. And, and, punk. and
1: it, isn't it uh, <laughs> isn't it defined differently in Orange County compared to LA County? Oh, you, well, you know, you know, yeah, and that's, some, County, that's right, something
2: that's, that's been discussed yeah. a lot lately. You know, but I grew up in Huntington Beach, and Huntington Beach okay. was where the asshole punks came from. Um, you know, uh-huh. there, there was this music scene happening in L.A., and when, when, once it came down to Orange County, that's when it became the real aggro, real hardcore. And when those people started traveling up to L.A. to the shows, that's ah. when things got nasty. So mm-hmm. in my mind, my first exposure to punk was, you know, you heard the stories about people, you know, busting bottles on people's heads and beating people up for no reason. Those were the people from, you know, where I was from. So it took a little while for me to
3: justify going to the gig. Yeah, or... and then
2: starting to realize, well, you yeah. know, I really like some of this music, but I really fucking hate these people. Right?
3: Yeah, and,
2: sure.
0: And <laughs> it took a little while. It took a little
2: while to realize not everybody was that person. That took a little growing uh-huh. up. I think it was me growing up more than anything, the scene or the music changing. Anyway.
3: Yeah, but I think some of these people have just gotten more aggressive as they've, as they've gotten older. This show just became very political. I'm sorry. It <laughs> just, just, it did.
4: But it, it is. I mean, it is political, it, it, yeah, and we we have become generally a little. We've become coarser in our in our in our public. Uh, it's not, it's uh, not even uh, discourse. Exchanges. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not even discourse. Right, it's not even discourse. So it would make sense that it would probably play out uh, at concert venues when you get the general public only. They're only united by location and the price of a ticket. That's, that's it. It's, that, that's and so you can have a wide variety of demographics at a show depending on artists. Um, and. Yeah, and some discrepancy is going to
3: happen. That, um, that that might be the double-edged sword of everything we're talking about. is Because, uh, I mean, there were built-in audiences for certain music. And you knew if you were going to this show, you were going to get that kind of experience. It was,
2: it was like fashion. Sure. In the 80s and 90s, if you were wearing a leather jacket, that meant you were into punk or metal or something. Now people just wear that stuff as fashion. And there's nothing wrong with it. If you have blue hair or green hair, that meant something yeah. 20 years ago. The internet has sort of leveled everything. And we're all living at the same world, at the same time. And yeah. Y- yeah.
3: You know, that's a very simplistic view of things. Honestly, I do. Have, I know the answer. But it's Hot Topic. It's, it's, it's the, Hot Topic. That's yeah. their fault. It's their fault. You know,
2: hot, hot Topic <laughs> killed punk. You shouldn't be able to get your punks stuff at the topic mall. Hot Topic killed punk. Right.
3: My next album. <laughs> hey, if you're buying a shirt for a band that broke up before you were born, shame on you.
2: Yeah. It's just the law. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's,
4: a, that's part of the hipster. Boy, Olympics dude, you got, right there.
2: you got a lot of misfits squaring. <laughs> you
4: know what? I saw that. It's so funny you said that. I don't know where I was. Um, but yeah, I saw... I, I must have been in my neighborhood, and it was like this. like yeah, a teenage girl, and she had a Misfits yeah. t-shirt on. Yeah, that, that Misfits <laughs> t-shirts is like I, a. I have to. There's part of me who just wants to say, name me three songs. Right, just thank name you. <laughs> I'm thinking I don't have a right to. Maybe that's her brother's older shirt. And it's laundry day. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I. You don't have to
2: just. No, but it makes hair, you right? wonder. Right? Yeah, but but then you know it, it would be like me wearing an Elvis t-shirt. I don't know Costello or the dead. No, one. no, the dead one. Okay, and um, I don't know if it's you know right or wrong, but chances are they don't. You know. I think if you saw it on me, be out of reverence. You see it on them, you're like, they don't know. Well, I have an They're Elvis and a...
3: Nixon shirt, so I don't know. That might be double dipping
2: now.
4: <laughs> that... Well, I, look, it, you know, again, it's just a t-shirt, guys. It's just a t-shirt, <laughs> and, and, and it's just a t-shirt. And I would say there's there's much deeper and more soulful ways to judge people than just a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, uh, Gene, I think we're going to take a little break, play a couple songs, and then we'll uh, we'll come back for another segment. But have uh, fun. I think we're going to play a song off your album.
4: Make sure it's one of the ones in
1: English. All right. Here's one with some aggression in it. It's called Victim at Bedtime.
4: She fell asleep
5: with a phone off the hook again. She slept alone and couldn't bear to look again. In a couple of days, she'll be back on her feet again. Just in order to show that her heart can beat again. It's always the same as long as she's thinking That so sweet when he's not drinking Just another, Just another victim at bedtime Just another victim at bedtime Just another victim at bedtime It won't be long before she finds a new creep again the natives are restless She puts them back to sleep again There's a kind of man That she's bound to see again It's a long way home From under the family tree again and it's always the same As long as she's thinking That it's a so sweet Bedtime. Just another victim at bedtime, just another victim at that time just another victim Another just another victim at their time, just another victim at their time, just another victim at their time. Just another victim at their time. Just another victim at their time.
0: Just another victim at their time. This is Mike Alvarez
2: from Max and the Makeups, and you're listening to Music Matters.
1: valenti with passive aggressive that guy is hilarious uh chris valenti you you may remember he was the guy in that volkswagen da 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 commercial from 97 where they're driving around and they, they pick up the couch and it it smells terrible and by the close of the commercial they're dropping it off and driving away um chris is an actor and a singer songwriter and uh, gene you and i used to do some shows with him in the uh yeah, the, oh yeah, the pit yeah. tour before that we did hear a track from you gene victim at bedtime off your album my favorite revolution and okay. we are looking forward to your next record.
4: I'll just, I'll just, I'll just give it to you. <laughs> a music matters exclusive. Wow, that's
2: nice. <laughs> that's, hey, hey Dave, yeah. Dave, Dave, Dave. Here's yeah. one. Here's one. Here's one. Here's yeah. one. Band what? names that sound like taking a dump. I will start you off. Ugh. One Direction. Oh, <laughs> oh very good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Tim.
3: Um, Grace Potter and the Nocturnals. Uh, oh.
2: I guess I get okay. uh, Okay, I'll give you that. Okay, here's another. Here's another one. Hot tuna.
0: Oh, oh, awful. Yeah, yeah.
2: I was
4: thinking uh, built to spill.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Or or archers of loaf. Oh, 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 yeah.
4: That's I was just archers of loaf. Okay, wait a minute.
3: Occasionally, things don't like go the way you'd like. Air. (laughs) Oh. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa.
2: whoa, whoa. Here's a related one. (laughs) A perfect
4: circle. Well, yeah, I was if you're extremely regular, my morning jacket.
0: <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 whoa! They might be giant. They might be. <laughs> well, that has some hope to it. That's nice. I was thinking uh, gin blossoms.
2: Puddle of mud. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh,
4: or, or, yeah. or
2: you know, if if you do it locally, it could be the blasters.
0: Uh, that's nice. Good. That's, that's, good. that's, that's probably. Oh,
2: well,
4: Good, yeah. yeah, or if you're if you're kind of a, a oh, kind of earthy
0: hippie vibe, how about
2: Rusted Root? Oh, Russell Crowe was it? Was his band the Thirty Odd oh. Feet of Grunts? <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: <laughs> how about uh, Peaches?
4: <laughs> no, kind of kind of adorable.
1: Third Eye Blind. Oh, that's good. Oh. Isn't there
3: a band yeah. called yeah.
1: deep, deep Purple just didn't seem right. There's a band called Wet.
3: Yeah, I saw yeah, Deep Purple, too. Uh, oh, God. Okay. <laughs> All right. And if
2: you have any complaints about that segment, you can write to Dave at musicmattershq.com. <laughs> <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
3: right. my
1: God.
2: So what the hell were we talking about? Oh, we're uh, we're
1: jumping into our last segment uh, with with e- Eugene Edwards on the line.
3: <laughs> yeah. Now this is another thing, and this is this was a suggestion from Joe too, but it's a little less uh, anal. Um, well, maybe it is. Bands that we kind of had to let go, and this is really socially awkward. But it's uh, Eugene, you you said it right. I think uh, it's it's not them, it's us.
2: Yeah, it's, it's definitely it's definitely us. There are bands that prog- sometimes bands progress and move to new territory, and you just don't click with it anymore. Sometimes right. bands just get sucky. Uh, <laughs> sometimes you grow up and change. And all right,
3: but for the record. Any band that I would mention that maybe it, we could categorize as saying got sucky, anything that they put out is still better than my record that I never
1: made. So yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's
1: because you're okay. pacing yourself. <laughs> well, you but, know, but,
4: one, but, but yeah, it's, it's respectable to, to, to say that. But however, there is uh, there there is artist, there is audience. And that is a relationship and relationships, as we know, are, are, are fluid. Sure. Right. So, so we're not saying, I mean, th- that'll be a different segment, but the you know, artist that jumps the shark segment, we, we can get into that. <laughs> oh God. That's, that's, that's a long kind of list. The high, that's, the, that's the high fidelity top five thing. But, but what we're really discussing is uh, I mean, it's, it's almost crucial to this discussion that we're not really talking about their musical turning in a way that we all agree, just went bad. We're talking about the personal reasons or the personal yeah, loss correct, that we had. There's right. a reason; and, and, and something
3: also, we don't connect anymore.
4: But, and, but also this this assumes that we had we have to talk about our actual our, our the connection that we had previously and how strong that was. Right. Right. It's it, it's kind of uh, what's the it's the um, in inverse proportion to how strongly we felt about them at one point. Right. And now we're just we're just equal distant going the other way.
3: Yeah. That's it.
4: Okay. Okay. That's so right. I, right. Think,
3: I think I think that qualifies the the topic. Now,
2: now let's start with um, th- this. Kind of started as a suggestion on the uh, original Facebook page yeah. that we have, and and the big question was about U two, and yeah. I was I mean sure. I, I saw U two in 1981 at the Santa Monica Civic. I I was there at the beginning. Yeah. I mean they had played yeah. here before, but i been I was a fan. I saw them at the Palladium in '82, um, and I saw them up through, I guess. The Joshua Tree was the last tour I saw, but even then yeah. I was sort of already waning on it. I was ar- wow, getting tired. Really? I was already. I was tired of getting, going to these shows and seeing the flags being pulled out. At the same moment, I was just getting tired of seeing the same movie with different songs every time I saw them. And I and the, and you know the band is still tremendous. It's definitely yeah. me, but I went through a change. I am. I just do not identify with them anymore at all.
3: Now you, is mm-hmm. it because has the music changed? Have you changed?
2: Um, I think it's a it's little probably bit both, of both. Right? Yeah. I think it's a little bit of both. But um, I think, and you and I have talked about this many times over yeah, the years, yeah. when music starts to get sort of anthemic, mm-hmm. you can only do it so much. And I think for a lot of people, you can only do it at a certain time in your life. Um, Muse would be a really good example of that. I don't groove with Muse at all. I mean, I don't dislike them. Yeah, but Showbiz but,
3: was still a great record.
2: Yeah, but but... But their music is so anthemic, I can only do it a few times before I feel like I'm being trying to be you know, hired into something. Uh, and, yeah. I, and I just, I, I think maybe I go for more personal themes now. Yeah.
3: Sure. Yeah, I, I, I personally, I tend to lose bands when uh, albums come out that, and again, this is my call, nobody else's, so you can send your emails to me. Um, songs that start sounding like they clearly could have been selling light beer commercials?
2: Yeah, but then the other, si- the other side of that now is that's how people make their money. Back in the old no, days, you'd hear sell out, sell out. I'm not people saying make their that, money they're, doing that.
3: that they're not lending their song to. I'm saying that the song that was created originally as a piece of art clearly sounds like that was their intent. And that's where I get lost. Like that
2: or a Mentos commercial. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, <laughs> some bands just shouldn't be the fresh saver. You
2: know, you and I go through the same thing. There's a couple of bands that you and I have gone through together that we've sort of left together uh, Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, we were big on them
3: for a couple of years. <laughs> Their
2: first uh, two albums in that original EP are still amazing. But something happened when Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness came out that was sort of bloated. Yeah. And I think we both. That's didn't. a double album. It seemed like they got a little full of themselves. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, Jane's Addiction. I was around with Jane's Addiction. I was around with Jane's Addiction at the beginning, like late 84. Or, or there was a period of time.
3: And, honestly, we would go to clubs, and it's like, oh, Jane's Addictions over there playing again. Yeah,
2: I would go to the Scream to see them in places like that. Rajis. I, I remember seeing Jane's Addiction open for uh, Nick Cave in like '86. I remember uh, Perry shaking his junk in my face for the whole forty-five
0: minutes,
2: <laughs> and they were great. And but at some point, and, and this, and I know this is hipsterism, but when the fancy leather clothes started coming out, and the dancing girls started coming out, and the, I sort of didn't feel it anymore.
3: Yeah, I think I think I left yeah. the, I think I lost the chili peppers with the flaming helmets. <laughs> I think that was like, okay, you know, it's all showbiz now.
2: For for how that was I work. Arthur
4: Brown What's that? Sorry. I said, that was Arthur Brown. That was the crazy world of Arthur Brown. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's right. But then they glommed onto.
3: (laughs) But they were glomming onto somebody else's thing. It makes it worse.
2: And also, you know, the (laughs) pervasiveness of blood sugar sex magic might have had something to do with them, too. You just couldn't get away with it for two or three years. Well, that's not their fault. It's not their fault. And and none of this is the band's fault. None of this is the band's fault. It's just Mm -hmm. society changes. Um, Yeah, it's our reaction. You're right. Dave, who's on your um,
1: list? My list, um, and like we said, you know, like the early catalog uh, pieces for for bands like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Uh, you leave Tom alone. You too. We're going to come to it. You know right what? Now. There is, and I, I, you know, Tom Petty's that, that the catalog still works for me, right. and because it hit me at a time where that was meant to work for me. But um, as with many of these artists, you know, uh, I'll say Coldplay, which was brought up earlier. Gene, you remember when the first Coldplay record came out? I
4: think we were working uh, together. I, yeah, we were working together. And I remember I, I, I got advanced... I think I read I uh, was reading Mojo magazine, and they were <laughs> talking about this band. And then uh, I think the EMI rep came in, and we mm-hmm. were already playing it or talking about it. And he's like, how do you guys know about this? And because they were just coming to play the States for the first time... Yeah. Uh, at the Mayan Theater, they did. Downtown. Yeah, I remember it was
3: Valentine's Day. I remember that.
4: I, I had t- I got tickets, but my my wife uh, fell ill, and we could I was going to take her because I want a great mountain, but then we couldn't go. Uh, but yeah, it was sort of seemed like they were they had you know it, in retrospect, it their their formula seemed pretty pretty obvious. They they took they just took the edges off of what Radiohead was doing.
0: Yeah.
3: Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I never really thought about it that way.
4: Uh, that's what it sounded like to me. It just seems like well, they just took the edge off of that and um, and kind of sold it just just right. Well, it's there's
3: a stellar debut album. I mean, Parachutes is a
1: grand record, right? But you, then you bridge yeah. you bridge that album to the the recent Super Bowl performance, <sighs> and you could clearly see the shift and why I may have been you know why I took an exit off the freeway.
2: Well, yeah. well, you know, you know, for me, for them, it was Viva La Vida that caused that yeah, shift. Yeah, And then for me, with you too, is the unforgettable fire that that caused that shift. Those both have one okay. thing in common. Right. Uh, Brian Eno was the producer, and now I love Eno, but I don't know what he did to those bands that made me not like them. Here,
3: here's the social aspect of this whole thing for me, anyway. So, Jim, you mentioned Coldplay at the Mayan. Um, now they're playing the Hollywood Bowl. They're playing the Rose Bowl. I, right. I I have a tendency to let go of bands when they're that big now. They just they don't have a place for me anymore. Right, and I, I know well, it wasn't I, meant I, for me, but I I can't do that any longer.
4: Yeah, well I I know my wife. I I, I she just sold me years ago. I, when I took her to see Clapton at Staples or whatever. But it's no. done. It's done with stadium. the stadium environment. That show that the the that ritualized version of a performance. Has no appeal to her whatsoever, yeah. and I don't think she's—I don't think she's alone in that. Well, yeah, but um, the
3: thing is, for me, the difference is this, though. I mean, if if um, I'm almost fifty, so I obviously I miss the the Beatles, but. Nah. When McCartney first did his first big tour in like 100 years in 1989, yeah. I was there. The and I was in the dirt. Yeah. yeah, and I expected to be at the Forum. I didn't expect it to be in a club. So I'm okay entering to an artist to see them when they're well-established, and they've done 30 years of amazing work before me. But, sure. but when I've gone with them, and they started really humbly and small, and now they're playing the Ginormo Dome, I, I don't, I, I, it's very
1: challenging for me to follow that path. Right, with, with
3: almost any band.
1: Yeah, had you had you seen the Beatles at the Cavern, uh, you wouldn't go see them at the at the Forum. No, I wouldn't. Or, or see McCartney
3: at the it, Forum. It's right? the exact same <laughs>
1: theorem. Yeah, absolutely true.
3: Yeah, because once you get ruined yeah,
1: by that,
4: and you could say yeah, that's hipsterism ca- but they're, for sure. Their cavern, their, their cavern fans were upset when they moved to London. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. I that's... mean, the the, the betrayal started there, and anybody in artist management will, will tell you: look, if you want to do better, be willing to lose. The, right. Unfortunately, a lot of a majority of the people who help you get your start as an audience. Sure. I mean, if you're going to go to the top, you're going to swing for those fences. That's just going to happen.
3: Yeah, and I'm and I'm, I, I, and yeah, I'm wondering if the music is actually suffering, or if I just I'm not willing to take the journey anymore because everybody else is doing it too, and I was they were precious, but now they're not.
4: But well, you know, here, here's here's my example though, and this this will have this is where their commercial success will have nothing to do with it. Um, for me. Uh, when I first moved to LA, it was like in '96. Uh, I got the uh, the Being There album by Wilco, and and it just it just not you know, I think I'd heard AM, but I didn't get what the big deal was. But then Being There somehow just nailed it for me. Mm-hmm. And then of course uh, the, the the next few albums just got better. They got deeper. They just got more. They got more everything. And um, and then somewhere. After, is it blue sky? Somewhere after Augusta Sky Blue Four, Sky, I guess. Yeah. yeah, was there a song on there with Tweety's talking about doing his laundry or something like it? There's a reference. I
2: hate it here. I, I have that problem with that. So they're one, they're one of my absolute favorite bands, and I have the same problem where all of a sudden he's talking about taking out the trash and doing laundry. I, yeah. I hate it here I, on Sky Blue Sky. Yeah, I had a mental bump with that song too at right. first. but now I love it. it.
4: Oh, dude, Oh, see, I, and I still. Here's the thing. I still buy their albums. I, I do too. We just got tickets like two that. days ago. Uh, yeah, I just
2: got two t- tickets two days ago With to see Ace. him at oh, the theater at the Ace Hotel. Yeah. But, but you know, I think I they could be accused maybe of making the same album a few times. That's how I feel. Okay, you know what?
3: All right, so... But the the
2: new one is completely... A complete left turn. Well,
3: I'm a... a, Yeah, Star Wars? Yeah. Yeah. A big Wilco fan, but I'll tell you, for me, it solidified when Nels Klein joined that band because Nels Klein is God. I looked it up. He is. Yeah, that was... I have to admit, now, now
4: we're talking about the live... Now, again, if I'm playing a festival and if Wilco's there... I'll, I'll, I'll do anything I can to get Yeah, stop what you're them. doing. I, go I see
3: Nels play guitar. The,
4: stop it. Go, yeah, exactly. Um, and and, and Tweedy, you know, it's just one of the things when, when Tweedy sings and you hear him sing, and you just think, there's just the one guy that makes that sound. Yeah. It's just such a personal, it's such a personal voice. Um, but, I'm not emotionally connected to them. You know, star, I'm not, I like Star Wars a lot. It's well recorded, great playing. I've just, I'm not emotionally connected to it the way I was to, to summer teeth. Well, and yeah. that's just, and that's, and that's me. Now going the other way. Now uh, I can, I can even offer you, and and I know what that connection feels like because it's what I currently feel when I hear uh, Jason Isbell's uh, record that came out last year, the something more than free. I listened to that album, and I was, so, I, I mean, I was, I'm just kind of making fun of myself, but it's the truth. I feel like a better person. (laughs) I love that. I just no, I'm I'm my hand of God. I just I can't get through that album. I weep. I just openly weep. Um I just feel like I'm gonna be a better husband and father at the after after having heard this music. And it just means that I'm in a spot in my life where that's what I want out of music. And it's not fair to every artist to serve that, you that know? Is,
3: that's true um, but th- I, that's why and i gotta say at a base level we're doing this entire show it's because music at some point can do that right. to us and we're open yeah. to it and i don't yeah, think, I, I, I think so many people i i think the overwhelming majority of people in the world this is true and correct me if i'm wrong gents music is just in the background all the time. I'm at work and I'm playing something and nobody will even notice what it is. They won't pay attention to it. And I think people just don't pay attention to music anymore. Yeah. And it's, just, it's too important to just be something that you hear in an elevator or occasionally turn on your radio. There's
1: a lot going mm-hmm. on and if it can touch you, more is the better. That's why we're here. That's, That's why, we're why we're doing here. this. It's what we do. Alright, yeah. the f- clock yeah. on the wall is telling us it's time. Is it? I think so. Wow! Uh, wow. I'm, yeah. c-
3: I'm not convinced of this.
1: <laughs> gene i want to thank you for uh for coming on board and and entertaining us conversing
4: you know i love i love the one you guys did uh, the, the the first one you guys did it was a real riot and and thank you very much for letting me just like jump in here because all these things they matter to me a lot dave as you know it's how we originally bonded right uh and and of course if we look at the word music and the root of it is is muse and or to muse it, to think about to ponder and, uh, and like you're saying, I people, not everybody does it as much as, as we do. And, you know, there's a plenty of music nerds out there. Uh, and we could be easily make fun of ourselves or be made fun of. But um, <laughs> <I> there's w- <laughs> great value in it. Thanks, guys. Thanks again. Yeah, yeah, thank, thank you. Really. Thank you so much.
1: Music Matters would like to thank Planet Roy. Please check out Planet Roy's happenings at facebook.com forward slash Planet Roy. Also, we'd like to thank Mr. Chris Valenti. Check out the latest in Chris's film and music experiences at chrisvalentimusic.com. Finally, we'd like to thank Mr. Eugene Edwards for popping onto the show. Check out the latest in his musical world at facebook.com forward slash eugene.edwards.96. The producers of Music Matters avidly support the efforts of Sweet Relief. The Sweet Relief Musicians Fund provides assistance to all types of career musicians who are struggling to make ends meet while facing illness, disability, or age related problems. In other words, healing musicians in need. We have all received so much out of music, it's time to give a little back. Please head over to sweetrelief.org to see what you can do today. I'm Dave Raber. I'm Tim Bishop.
2: And I'm Joe Randazzo. And remember, if you had any problems with anything we said on today's show, <laughs> Dave at MusicMattersHQ.com.
3: <laughs> hey, go, go listen to good music, everybody. Go, go, go.
0: You have been listening to Music
1: Matters. For show notes, links, videos, playlists, and other music news, please visit www.MusicMattersHQ.com.